Welcome to the One Stop Shop Podcast. One Stop Shop is Receiptful's weekly podcast with the goal of helping ambitious e-commerce merchants learn from the best. Each episode will have a successful business person tell us their story from their humble beginnings to their triumphs and successes of where they are today. On this episode, we talk with General Manager Rishi from QC Security Systems. We discuss topics like the importance of focusing on your product first and why great customer service is everything for your business. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the One Stop Shop podcast. My name is Aliana, and I have on the line my co-host, Jeff. How are you, Jeff? Today, I'm feeling great. How about yourself? I'm feeling wonderful. Thank you for asking. Um, Today, our guest is Rishi Sharma. He is the general manager at QC, a company that specializes in smart surveillance solutions. One of the things that make QC different is how simple and easy they make it to install a complex security system, because despite their growth, they actually continue to provide the same approachable, genuinely caring kind of support for their customers. Rishi, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks uh, so much for taking the time to uh, to talk to us. And we had a lot of technical issues before we connected with Rishi, and he was very patient. So we really appreciate that. Um, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do at QC. Uh, so uh, QC, I'm a general manager here. That's a very generalist position that I use. Uh, general managers, so I'm involved from everything from uh, you know digital marketing to uh, you know retail back, retail box design to product innovation, to uh, support and customer success. So um, involved in many different aspects of the business. Okay. Would you say you're more of a hands-on person doing a little bit of everything? Or are you managing all of these aspects? Or like, Take me through a, a, an average day, if you will, or an average week at QC. Yeah. So uh, I would say, to answer your first question, I'm uh, probably very hands-on. Uh, I like to get into the nitty-gritty and understand how things are working and how people are doing things. Um, and then accordingly, uh, delegate or give distri- give instructions out um, for people to execute according to uh, the guidelines um, and the framework that's been given to me. Um, so usually my day, I'll come in, um, and the first thing I'm doing is to make sure that there isn't any IT uh, emergencies that are happening that need to be, be solved first. Um, if everything's a-okay, then uh, you know I'll probably look into um, seeing what's on the calendar, where my where my free spaces are, um, and then I usually have some sort of project going on, um, new and in, new initiative that we're we're starting to start. So, uh, at the current time, we're actually uh, doing a website migration from one platform to another platform. So, um, that's really what I've been spending us? a lot of my time. Sorry, do you mind telling us which platforms you're moving from to? Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. So we're moving away from uh, Magento and we're moving to Shopify uh, Plus. Um, the reason for the move is, um, we just feel, um, the cost associated with going and staying with, uh, Magento is just, uh, too, too much of a cost, uh, cost for what you get out of it. And we feel Shopify plus for the value you're going to get and our ability to have a little bit more hands-on control of it since we don't have, um, developers on staff. Um, oh, you don't. This have gives developers. us more flexibility. Okay, okay. So you guys managed to have it without any developers or anyone helping you. Yeah. Okay, must have been really tough, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of reason for the migration, and uh, you know, Shopify, uh, you know, has been great. Um, you know, actually, they we were able to work with their their reps, and they actually got us a deal. Um, 
you know, to pay for some of the migration and, you know, give us a couple months free. So um, it's a win-win for us. And, um, yeah, we're excited about the move. And, you know, it also goes into uh, what we're doing now, which is doing a little bit of a brand refresh. So the timing couldn't have been better. Right. That's wonderful. Okay. Perfect. All right. So to get a little more background on you in particular, what were your, or actually let's tweak this. Growing up, if anybody, who is your biggest influence or who are some of your biggest influences? Um, so I'd have to break that down probably um, when I was a child and then also like as I grew up. Um, so I'd say that as I grew up, um, especially in college and high school, um, I used to spend a lot of time with my grandparents um, who immigrated here from India. Um, and, you know, I'd take them to their doctor's appointments. I'd take them to, um, you know, whatever events they had to go to because they weren't able to drive. Um, and that time I spent with them and the people I met, I learned a lot um, about how people think about it, put life in perspective at the ends of their life um, and to take chances and take risks and do things that you really are passionate about. Um, and so that's kind of how I tried to live my life now, um, to live a life without regrets and take those chances and um, try to communicate uh, my passion to my customers as well as the people around me. So that's kind of my approach. Before you uh, transition to the other one, can you be a little more mm-hmm. concrete? Like what's something, maybe a specific event or something that really stands out in your mind from either one of your grandparents that like you can tell I practice this every day now still? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, I would say, um, you know, just simply, you know, I actually meditate 10 days, 10, 10 minutes uh, a day, um, just by default for the last, I would say 10 years or so. So, um, that's a habit that I've learned from my grandparents, especially my grandpa. Um, and, uh, it's helped me to put life in perspective and be kind of step out of situations when things are a little bit critical and are a little bit of a crisis. And so that, you know, that's one, one, one thing I've learned from them to help put life in perspective. Okay. All right. That makes a little more sense. And then what was the the second thing you were going to say before I interrupted? Yeah. So I would say the second person that's had a big influence on me, um, is also somebody in my family. Um, so it's my father. Um, you know, when I was a kid, he was an entrepreneur himself, um, and still is an entrepreneur and as well as in the technology space. And so that's kind of had a big influence on me, um, to kind of develop a passion for, uh, business as well as, uh, technology. What kind of stuff in the technology space has he done? So he was working primarily, um, so I don't know if everybody remembers, but, uh, back in the day when, when Steve Jobs came back to, um, came back to Apple, um, you know, he came out with the IMAX with the bubble and the different colors, the, the bubble casing. Um, and so my dad was actually one of two people that, uh, uh, manufactured and produced the CDR RWs for it, or the CD burners for it, um, and was a licensed partner for Apple during that time. So that that's just an example of something that kind of allowed me to kind of play with things and and try things out when I was a kid. Yeah, very cool. And then, what did you did you do anything, or what did you do before um, where you are now, before QC? So actually, um, I was actually working um, in uh, local government um, as well as I was working on uh, the Obama campaign um, post-college. So that's where I spent most of my time. Um, I was a political science major. I thought, you know, politics is where I was going to go. Um, so when I came back and I, when I thought about things, um, 
at life and perspective, I realized, you know, where I want to put my efforts in is more in business and uh, technology industry. And so um, I kind of made that that pivot. What is QC for our listeners who may not know anything about the company? What can you tell them about QC? So QC has been around since 2002. Um, it specialized in um, surveillance solutions. Uh, and, you know, you, you could probably find QC if you go to your local Costco Home Depot, um, QC, you know, we pride ourselves on our customer service and being ahead of the track in regards to technology and getting the latest and greatest in terms of resolution, features. That's kind of where we put our, our hat at. So what stands out uh, most in your mind of your early time with the company? So actually, when I started, I was still in college and um, I was just trying to earn a little bit extra money. Uh, testing product um, in the warehouse. And the one thing that I did notice is how much we put the quality and our customers first when we were, when I was even testing the product. That kind of always stuck to me. It's kind of something that we try to live our company by. Um, can you take us back to the events that led you to join the company? How did you find out about QC and how did this opportunity come to you? And why did you decide to take it? Yeah, so... Um, I stayed. I stayed with the company. Uh, I found out about the company. Actually, they had put uh, notice on the UCI's job board, um, and I saw it was there. And um, you know, it paid. You know, I, I don't remember the exact amount, but couple. It was probably ten, twelve, twelve dollars, whatever, an hour. Um, so I had some extra time, and so uh, I signed up. And you know, I it allowed me to you know come in, and I got to fill the place and stayed with me that experience of, of testing the product and how much we kind of delivered, um, you know, security solutions to these, these families and how they write testimonials about like how much impact it had, or they caught some burglar or, you know, it saved their life or they were able to recover or capture the criminal because they had the footage and they could give it to the, to the police officer. So I kind of just developed a sense of pride for having worked there. And as I went through college and my other endeavors, it kind of always stayed with me and I stayed in contact with the company. And um, when I hit that crossroads where I wanted to get back into business, um, you know, they opened me, op welcomed me back with open arms. And uh, so I, I stayed on. I worked in the reseller department and customer service department and kind of worked my way up to the position I am now. So it sounds like the next question I was going to ask is why this industry? Um, you may have already answered that. It sounds like what I'm hearing is the fact that you did have these connections and ties with this company. Um, is that the case or is there anything else that led you to this industry in particular? No, it's more, it's just kind of happened. Uh, there wasn't any, you know, desire to kind of pick this particular industry. Um, other than the fact that I did realize I wanted to be involved in something, you know, coming from a political background, something that you could tangibly see an effect in people's lives and it would help. Um, so that was a big part of my thinking. And that's something that this industry provides. You can use technology for the betterment of people. Right on. Do you have any specific stories or testimonials that stand out as your favorite? Yeah. So um, there's actually one in particular. So there's actually a family that has a product um, and you know, their son, unfortunately, died in an accident when they were away. And actually, the footage from the camera that was recording allows them to actually see, capture the last moments of his life. Um, and they'll now have that for the rest of their life. And that's just incredibly impactful, you know, the terrible incident that happens. But they, the cameras and allowed them to have a sense of their son prior to him passing away. 
And that's kind of, that's, that just really resonates with me that we were able to keep that peace of mind and give it to, to them at least the little that they have from that moment. Jeez, oh, yeah, I have I have two kids, and like I just got the chills <laughs> from that. That's obviously terribly sad, but really powerful at the same time. Yeah, man. Okay, that is not, now I got to go back to my normal questions <laughs> after no, no, right. it's all like, emotional. It's, it's like the news when they say something really nice, and then we're like, thirteen people were slaughtered <laughs> on thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, going. Go, why'd you have to tell us such a good story? Jeez, <laughs> no. Rishi, what were you thinking? Um, <laughs> Going back to the industry in particular, something that I've noticed is that every industry is incredibly unique. Um, One of the other kind of side Mm -hmm. projects I personally have is I work in the board game space. And it's so weird to look at it from the business angle and kind of the little nuances and niches that it has, that type of thing. What lessons have you learned specifically from the security system space that has helped you with your sort of business sense overall? Good question. Um, I would say probably what's helped the most is kind of understanding uh, su- supply chain because you do have to. Uh, it's not necessarily super unique, but you know, I think because so many of the parts get manufactured in China, um, overseas, and you have to manage that supply chain, and you know, working with retailers and kind of making sure that things meet a certain standard and equivalency, and you know, how to find the differentiators in a, in a in that um, kind of helped me to kind of decipher what's a good product, what's well built what's not um and to know uh you know if this product is going to make it for retail or it's not or you know if there's a delay how to manage that um so you know all those basic basic things in regards to managing a supply chain and working with retailers what about something tangible for our listeners like what's uh, maybe a piece of advice you could specifically give them about supply chains or what to look for kind of either positives or negatives yeah i would say for sure uh the best thing is to make sure to. Uh, I, I know a lot of people um, from talking to some of my friends and whatnot when they try to start, you know, side businesses or whatnot, um, and they they look overseas to purchase something. They generally don't actually go to the factories um, in China, and so I would say making a diligent effort to go on a regular basis to develop those relationships um, with the factories and ensuring that the quality is meeting what you're expecting um, and having possibly local people there that are doing that on your behalf um, while you're not there, um, I think is a huge, huge benefit. And I think, yeah, just kind of constantly making sure that the quality assurance of the product is there and making those visits and developing those relations overseas. All right. What if we flip the question? What You, you touched on it a little bit, but what lessons did you bring to the table um, from your past experiences that made it easier or helped you in the security system space? Yeah, so I think what's really helped me is when you are on the ground and you are, you know, we, you know, we are in presidential cycle now um, here in the U.S., but, uh, you know, when you're out there and you're having to communicate and persuade people on the ground um, and to get them to vote for something or volunteer for something, you have to be quite persuasive and understand and and understand them on a on a on a level and connect with them on a bigger goal as well, um, and so that's something that I brought to to here in regards to our branding and how we connect to our customer, um, and how we kind of aim to strive for a bigger goal of connecting, you know, the customers and protecting them from from any anything bad happening. Um, so that's that's what I would say more on the branding and communication aspect of of the brand. 
so today your products are sold in, in you know major retailers like Best Buy and Costco and Home Depot, just to name a few of them. Um, can you take us back to the early, early days? Um, like where and how did you reach potential buyers when you first started out? So, um, actually, initially when we started out, uh, we were just we were actually the first in this category to kind of um, kit everything together. So um, prior to us, you know, you'd buy, you know, a DVR separate, your camera separate, your cables, accessories, cables separate. Uh, we were the first to actually group it all together, um, and we sold that first to installers, and then, um, you know, we we had. We went ahead and we approached Fry's. That was our first first location. You know, we just called them up. We, we just called them up. Uh, we found the buyer's name from from somebody that salespeople knew. They invited us to come up to San Jose at their headquarters, and we had discussion. They were willing to take us into their stores um, for a test trial. The test trial went well, um, and then from those results, we kind of leveraged it in the same process. Uh, to get Costco on board for their .com. And um, we actually started to list our product on Costco.com at that point. So at, like, what year have you started uh, basically selling to Costco and uh, major retailers? Yeah, so we started with Fry's in 2003, and then we started with Costco in 2004. So is that like, would you say that was part of the strategy from the beginning, or did you just sort of see potential for the company and um, try to reach out there? So we, we saw that was a strategy. That was the way we wanted to go. Um, and we actually have built our business on EDI. So, um, you know, through drop shipping and e-commerce, that's kind of how we've tried to grow the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so we drop ship all the product out of our facility that allows us to do better quality, quality assurance. But it also um, has allowed us to be more dynamic when working with retailers as well. So, um, you know, we're listed on all their dot-coms. That's how we originally started and planned out and uh, probably over the last three, four years, we've started to make our moves more into retail as well. Okay. So what general advice do you have for someone, um, you know, from other businesses, but business owners, not necessarily in the same industry, but business owners who are trying to get the products into mass retail? Can you give them some general advice to to do that today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To that point, you know, I just think it's one of the retail um, and working with retailers, it's a lot about resiliency. Um, and so, you know, you have to try to get um, in the stores, you know, go, go, go to your local store, try to um, try to find who the general manager is or, or who's leading, who's the buyer at that central location. Um, you know, if it, depending on the, on the retailer, some are regionally based, some are nationally based um, on how they do buying processes. Um, but I would just go talk to them, demo your product, um, if it, you know, or try to get a contact of somebody, cold email them. Uh, the main thing is just to be relentless um, with, with trying to convincing them um, about the product and you know, having a good presentation along, along, along with that. So it sounds like you have to be a good salesperson first and foremost. Right. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. All right. So considering your product is in many major retail stores, how important is your website to your business? Um, so I would say our website, you know, in the modern modern day, um, I think your website is more important than it was probably for us, you know, five, six years ago. Um, I think now a lot of people I don't want to go to the website of the brand itself, Um and to check it out and get the information and develop that connection. 
Um, I think people purchase a lot more based off brand than they probably did five, six years ago. So it's becoming even more increasingly important for us. Um, you know, it's not necessarily our largest driver in terms of revenue, but it is um, an important part from our branding and uh, identifying the target customer that we try to go after. What specific things are working well on your website? I would say what's working well for us on our website um, is probably, you know, our emails, our email signups, um, our email signup uh, welcome series, uh, which educates that customer um, that's kind of not ready to purchase right now, but um, but kind of gets them aware of, you know, what to look for, why they choose QC, um, you know, where you should look to place it, some statistics on, like, on security in general, um, you know, that we find customers find a lot of, um, a lot of benefit from understanding the, what's, what's really important and, you know, you know, how much of a cost savings it actually is to make that investment. And then what about, what do you feel like needs to be improved? So, yeah, one, the thing that, um, we're looking to do now with the website migration and the new relaunch, um, is actually, we're going to reduce the total number of SKUs that we have on, on our site and make it a little bit more digestible, um, and clear cut to the products, um, that you should purchase for what scenario. Uh, so that's something that we're looking to improve the merchandising on, on the product, um, itself, um, and make it a little bit more approachable, um, so you still get that same feeling uh, without having to go through uh, that welcome series on the emails. Mm-hmm. So one thing we did notice about your website is how easy it was to find support. Um, how important do you think customer support is in your industry? Customer support is everything. You know, when somebody's going to pay, uh, generally our products are in the hundreds of dollars, sometimes in the thousands of dollars. Um, and so, it being also a DIY product, um, you know, customers want that that support um, for, you know, if, any, if they don't know how to do a certain particular part or they don't understand how to do something or they want to learn a, a new feature that they, they didn't know before, um, you know, they, they, they rely upon us to kind of solve that. And if you're making an investment of a couple hundred to a thousand dollars in a product for a business or a home, um, that's a big investment. And so, um, you know, support is key into delivering that that value. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any advice for someone with, let's say, you know, limited staff and resources to provide, um, you know, good and quick support? I would say a must for sure is um, in that scenario that you articulate. I would say it's a must probably to have some sort of help desk offering, uh, whether it be a Zendesk or a Desk.com or something along those lines um, that can manage all the incidents and all the tickets. Um, just to keep it organized. I think when you are with limited resources, the more organized you keep things, the easier it is to tackle those challenges um, and help those customers. So that would be my number one suggestion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, do, you, do you have any other tools that you would like to um, suggest to our listeners? I would say, you know, there's a lot of great tools out there depending on what 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 you are looking to accomplish. So um, some of the tools we use, uh, for example, for for email, um, you know, or email campaigns, not necessarily, uh, you know, we use receipt, we use receiptful for that. I promise, uh, I wasn't use... trying to make you, by the way, say that. I promise. I promise. I was just, I was just asking what you would do, you know, for customer support. But it's great that you mentioned receiptful. I appreciate that. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, yeah, for cu- for customer support, uh, we use uh, you use or you use Oracle Service Cloud, and then for live chat, we use a we use Drift, uh, which is a live chat chat tool. And we also use uh, for marketing, email signups, all that. We use uh, we use Mailchimp, or not Mailchimp. Sorry, um, Sumomi. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, those are just a couple of the tools that are coming to my head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, we use a couple others as well. That's good. Good. One more question in that vein. Um, what do you feel like for the younger business? What is the general order? of the things and the tool, like the, the areas and the tools that you invested, like what progression did it make? So for example, um, maybe somebody starts off with investing a little more in sales and then they invested in social media or like that kind of thing. Like as you look back on your company yeah. now, what was that order? Yeah. So I would say probably where we invested the most early on is, is quality assurance um, on the product itself. Since um, So that was a big part of us. Um, making sure that the product overseas was getting manufactured, so focusing a lot on product. Then I would say the next thing that we made big investments in was actually support. And because you know the way we look at it is there's three main parts in any business, which is your pre, your investment in you know pre pre purchase, um, you know the product itself, and then post purchase. So um, for us, we wanted to focus on on uh, the product first second post-purchase, so kind of getting that loyal group of fans and advocates for the brand. And then we started to put more resources into um, sales and other things because a lot of the sales activities, as being a smaller smaller company, uh, you, you yourselves as, a, as the key members can be the ones that can, indulge, can go into that and kind of put the effort in. Um, so there's no need to hire there um, as much. If listeners want to learn more about you and QC, where can they go? Uh, so for QC, um, you can go to QC.com. Um, and then for myself... Um, That's you know, Q-C, right? Yeah, Q-S-E-E.com. Okay, correct. Okay. Um, and uh, if they go now, the website will look diff- will look as it is now. But if they come back in about a week from now, it'll probably be totally different. So um, just... Just want to make that FYI for myself. Um, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Um, I actually produce several blog posts and a blog, ongoing blog about security um, and kind of the benefits of it. So if anybody wants to check that out, awesome. feel free. Awesome. All right. We'll make sure we include links in all our show notes. So, All right, Rishi. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been a, a very insightful interview. No problem. Thank you. Take care. One Stop Shop is a production of Receiptful. Learn how to personalize and tailor every interaction with your customer by visiting Receiptful.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit ComeAliveCreative.com. To listen to more episodes from this series, you can visit Receiptful.com forward slash podcast. Or if you want to give us a rating on iTunes, Receiptful.com forward slash iTunes. (laughs) 